Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. We are back. Feels like it's been forever. Yeah, feels like it's been what? Two, two, three weeks now? Something like that. Yeah. At least a, I think two. Yeah. I, think. I know we missed, we missed two weeks. Yeah, because you um, were traveling with, with having to be a, a family stuff. Yeah, you know, traveling around, around the world, or at least the eastern half of the United States. Right. <laughs> I've been, I went to... Columbia, Beckley, West Columbia, South Carolina, Beckley, West Virginia, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, back to Columbia, and back to the coast in a what eight days, ten days, something Jesus. like that. It was that's too much traveling. Yeah, but it Turkey, was fun. Turkey's not worth that much. I don't know. There was a couple turkeys that were really good. Eh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but we had a good turkey here too. And I, I so. hate that I missed that. I really do like. I really do hate that I missed that, but I did get the chance to meet my fiance's family, uh, her extended family. I, I and, guess that's important. You know, gave gave my family the opportunity to meet her, my extended family, the opportunity to meet her. So yeah, I got some whiskey out of the deal, which I that's did not bring. Better. We we've already tried the whiskey that I got out of the deal, but you know, it's always a good one. It's some Four Roses single barrel. Oh, nice, nice. Uh. We got a surprise wedding shower, which was great. I got a new microphone. So yeah. Can't, can't ever. He's not using it, but he does have a new one. Well, it's it's a condenser. Yeah. Well, so you know. <laughs> our studio is not really set up for us to use condensers. Yeah, that is true. But speaking of whiskey that we are drinking this week, uh, I believe this is a new one. I don't think we've ever had any of this brand in here before. Mm-hmm. This is the Rabbit Hole Harry um High Gold. I keep wanting to say Harry Gold. But <laughs> <laughs> high Gold. It is their blue label whiskey which comes in at about $60 uh, depending on where you're at. Um, this was the cheapest I could find of this brand in the store I was looking at. So uh this is a high rise small batch. Yeah, it smells spicy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a 47.5% alcohol by volume, which makes that 95 proof. Ooh. Uh, and I'm not going to lie that I have drank some of this, and I really enjoy it. So. All right, well, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> spicy mm-hmm. I like it it's it's sweet I do like that it does have a little bit of heat to it um you know it's got that it's got a, a good rye kick uh-huh. um it's real sweet I do really like that it's not it's it's hot in your mouth but it doesn't have that burn, burn yeah um it's kind of dig that and it's smooth like going you get yeah. that burn like you said you get that heat in your mouth yeah, I kind of dig that. It's it's very good. Like I said, the if, bottle's cool looking too. Yeah, if you're looking at at it, it's about. I think I want to say it was about sixty bucks. Maybe it was on you know on fifth sale for fifty, but yeah. uh, I can dig it. It's a good choice. It's a nice one to keep in your in your liquor selection to something nice to turn to every once in a while. Yeah, I can dig it. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> That reminds me, we, we're here to talk about wrestling. Yeah. And in the two weeks that we've missed, we've missed two pay-per-views. Yeah. One uh, for each company. Yeah, one one for AEW, which AEW was first. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then the next week was, was Survivor uh, Series War Games. Speaking of War Games, William Regal could be going back to WWE. Yeah, apparently his AEW contract is up. Or is sub- coming up very very soon. Uh, December is the talked about date. Um, it it is his, up in the air on whether it's an actual end of his contract or if he had a he had an, an out, out in there. Yeah. His son is at the performance center right now as well. 
um, and in NXT. So you got that going on. In fact, one thing that I thought was kind of cool before Survivor Series, so that's Saturday afternoon-ish, Triple H tweeted out, it wouldn't be the same without this, and it was just a, a cut video of William Regal saying war games about 10 times. <laughs> there so, you go. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, We're not going to run through the pay-per-views. Nah, we're, we're, we're just going to talk about some, some high spots, and then we'll run through the this week in wrestling. Um, So some of the highlights that I thought, we'll start with full gear. And this is what this is what I'll say about Full Gear and, and Brady uh, and I, Brady from Travelers on the Omnibus. We've discussed it. Uh, I think Michael and I have discussed it a little bit. Yeah. The end results of every match in Full Gear, with the exception of one, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. How they got there on nearly every match of Full Gear. I am not a fan of. Yeah. The the one, would that be the women's championship? Not the women's championship. It would be uh, the TBS championship. Jade okay. and Nyla. I feel like Nyla should have won that. Um, get the belt off of Jade. Move Jade back to dark and elevation. Yes, she looks has a great look. Yes, she is improving slowly, but she is improving. But it is very obvious when Jade gets in the ring with somebody that Jade is lost Mm -hmm. most of the time. So Jade is one of those. She has an amazing look. Yep. But I feel like with her growth, WWE would have released her. Oh, by far. I think WWE would have gotten rid of her by now. You know, Uh, I'm pretty sure when Omos is growing faster than you, and maybe that's a product of better booking. Maybe they don't understand how to book him. Maybe it's brought up a better training. I'm not sure here, but Jade is not growing fast enough. Mm -hmm. And not only is she not growing fast enough, she just doesn't look good. This match was the stinker of the night, period, the end. It was just awful. Uh, Full gear, we got to see Soraya make her in-ring return. Yep, Soraya Uh beat uh, Britt Baker. Um that was another thing that I had a little bit of a problem with was I'm okay, I, Soraya should have won by by all means. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have her debut like that after being out of wrestling for a while and then lose, right? Yeah. But it was her versus Britt Baker. And I kind of liked where it was going here. Rebel wasn't involved. Jamie wasn't involved. It was Britt versus Soraya, period. And Soraya wins. Then it comes down to the interim world title match of Jamie versus Tony. Jamie wins, but it took Rebel getting involved. It took Britt getting involved multiple times. It took multiple instances of cheating and obstructing the ref and all of this kind of stuff for Jamie to win. Yeah, It made Jamie look weak as hell. And I just don't like it. The only way I'm I'm okay with this, even slightly, is if over the next couple of weeks, and they, they've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but over the next couple of weeks, every time Jamie goes to be given an interview, Britt gets involved. Britt gets involved. Britt gets mm. involved. To the point where Jamie finally has enough, and then Britt throws the whole, you couldn't beat Tony Storm on your own. You had to have us. You're weak. And calls it out, right? Yeah. And then Jamie beats Britt either clean or she beats Britt with Rebel interfering on Britt's behalf. So you make Jamie look strong because Jamie should be strong. She is a big woman. Yeah. She should have been able to take out Tony on her own if that was the way they wanted to call it. She didn't need the help. Yeah. Um, of course, I did say interim champion. They announced like the week later that Thunder Rosa was relinquishing the belt because she doesn't know when she's going to be back, if she's going to be back. Mm-hmm. So Jamie was made officially the women's champion. The lineal champ. 
the lineal champ, and retroactively, Tony was made an actual, honest to God, real for real women's champ, not the interim. She, the interim title or the interim tag has been removed from her reign. Yeah, and I it, wish it, they would have done that while she was still had the belt. But if you're at least, you know, at least they they went back and did it. They didn't just yeah. say, "Well, Tony's still going to be interim because it was interim during that time." And so uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, let's talk about the other championship that changed hands that night. The TNT title. The the, TN- the TNT title changed hands too. Wardlow lost, uh, and now they're doing this weird thing between Wardlow and Joe where Wardlow says Joe stole his belt, but it was a triple threat, and Joe hit Wardlow with the belt and pinned him. That's how triple threats work. So, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and a low blow. No, he hit him in the back of the head with the belt. Yeah. And then choked him out. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, we'd like to thank our in studio audience right. for the assist there. <laughs> uh, but but I believe you're talking about uh, the world title. And, I was and our, and our new AEW champion JF. I, I honestly had forgotten that the TNT belt was a thing, <laughs> and so yeah, uh, the world the world title with uh, convoluted finish. Convoluted in the fact that that entire match, John Moxley was working heel. Yeah. And MJF was working face until the very end when William Regal turned on Moxley through MJF, the brass knucks, and then MJF hit Moxley with them and won. Um, Not a fan of that ending, honestly. Um, well, especially the, given the news that we just talked about. Yeah, given the news that Regal may be leaving. Uh, but you don't have... It just feels weird to me that you've had MJF kind of working face. You've had Moxley kind of working heel. And then all of a sudden at the end of it, you just squash all of that and you make MJF a heel again. I'm not the biggest fan of this whole bidding war for 2024 thing. As it is anyway, I really personally think Triple H should tweet something out about uh, WWE has absolutely no interest in and use his real name. Yeah. You know, uh, has absolutely no interest in MJF uh, and then goes on about how uh, he would be a mid-card NXT talent. You know, that kind of thing, right? WWE could be petty if they wanted to here and just completely torpedo uh, this whole storyline. Uh, they really, uh, and, you know, Triple H pops up, you know, Paul Levesque here, COO of, uh, and head of talent relations with WWE. Um, we would just like to express that we have absolutely no intentions of attempting to sign uh, Maxwell Friedman to any contract at mm. all. Uh until he shows any kind of uh, redeeming qualities, you know, and then just go away. Yeah. So. Which his his real name is Maxwell T. Friedman. Maxwell T. Friedman. There you go. So So, he has changed his T. To a J. To a J. So, yeah, it just, I don't like this whole, this whole ploy. I don't like the. I didn't care for it when Cody was doing the, the, hey, let's take shots at WWE. And I don't really like the whole MJF with the name dropping for trips yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. It just feels, it feels indie. It feels like AEW is accepting the fact that they are second place, that mm-hmm. they are the minor leagues. And especially now that you have your champion who is talking about wanting to go to WWE and acknowledging the fact that WWE is the big leagues. It yeah. just feels, ugh, well, I don't like it. I, I want to circle back to, you have MJF working face. Mm-hmm. And you have MJF working face because he is the most over guy in the company and the oh, crowd yeah, for sure. refuses to boo him. They want to cheer him. So you turn him face mm-hmm. in the lead up to the match. And you have Moxley working heel, which is fine because he's got that tweener role. He can, he can fill either it. way. And then you have MJF turn heel. 
Yeah. Okay. The story there is not between MJF and John Moxley. Mm-hmm. The story there is John Moxley, William Regal. Yeah. Yeah. The story which cool. they built, you know, yeah. it had been built. So we're fine. Mm-hmm. We got that. Then we get to the show this week, and we'll we'll talk about it more in a little well, bit. We have the show last week. Well, yeah, where uh, Regal comes out and he cuts a promo saying that MJF's not there. He sent him an email, but you'll have to hear all that next week when MJF shows up. Yeah, and then William Reg- and then Moxley comes down, and that's where we got one of the most convoluted promos I've heard in a long time. Uh, Moxley comes down to beat the the, the absolute brakes off of William Regal. Daniel Bryan comes running out, gets in the ring, stops John Moxley from from attacking Regal. Yeah, hey, 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 he's got a bleed on his brain. He's got fused uh, vertebrae. You'll kill him if you hit him. Don't don't attack him. You know this man was like a father to me when my dad was mm. being an alcoholic. You know what being an alcoholic's like. You know, yeah. imagine if your daughter had somebody like him that could help explain to her why you were the way you were. And it just came off weird. And then Moxley looked at Regal and said, you know, he didn't kill him. He just told him to run. Don't ever come back. Yeah. Leave. Right. Regal gets out of the ring and leaves, which that was roughly the time that we start hearing the rumors that he's going back to WWE yeah. Contracts coming up, that kind of stuff. So we're thinking, okay, that's going to be it. Well, and we're thinking that's going to be it. Then we get to this week's show mm-hmm. where stuff happens and MJF turns. I'm not going to spoil everything, but well, I mean, MJF you, turns. I was, on, I was sitting here thinking about it. We may as well go ahead and you know talk about just in stream here instead of just going over the results. That's fine with me. Um, so MJF. And William Regal come down and reveal MJF's new title belt. Yeah, the the big Burberry belt. Okay, I'm going to take a step back here for a second, and and I have a point that I'm building to with this MJF stuff, but I got to take a step back here. Custom belts suck. Okay, custom belts. Look, I that's like a, that's a take. I like the spinner belt. Okay, you know what? That on explains, John Cena. That explains everything. I like the spinner belt on John Cena. I liked the broken skull belt. Smoking skull belt. What is smoking skull on? Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Every other time I've seen a custom belt. Sir. With the exception, with the exception of Brian Danielson. Okay. I was about to say, <laughs> you are not going to downplay the world's most ecological friendliest belt ever. Uh, here, that fit, not in my presence. That fit his character. That worked for his character. Every other one, including that was made, that was made out of uh, <laughs> locally grown hemp and reclaimed oak from trees that fell during storms and aquamarine. Sir, that is a that that man is a paragon to to make that belt. That one worked for his character and the story they were telling. Every other one is hubris. And is so, there just to be like, hey, we did this because we can. So here's my thing with the whole, hey, let's give you a, an individual title, right? I'm perfectly all right with that if you're wanting to either celebrate somebody who deserves the celebration to have something cool. Mm-hmm. Or you're trying to completely elevate somebody, right? Like... Cena getting the spinner belt, that was a mixture of celebrating a dude who kind of put the WWE on his back there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the guy that they were fixing to tag the WWE moniker to for a quite some time. Yeah. Okay, cool. Broken skull belt. Stone Cold was the hottest thing in wrestling during the Attitude Era. Period. The end. The Rock? No. Stone Cold. Yeah. So, NWO? No. Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. So, I'm fine with that. Daniel Bryan's belt was just to get even more heat on him because let's let's not forget here Vince McMahon was making Daniel Bryan the bad guy for caring about the environment. All right, that brought even more heat on him. Absolutely. Now, 
things like Miro's belt for the TNT belt when it was the the white and green. It looked cool. Mm-hmm. It looked real cool. Miro didn't really deserve it. There, there was no need to have that special belt for him. And I would argue MJF doesn't deserve a special belt for well, himself yet. here's my problem with that. AEW seems to be tying their brand onto MJF right now. If they want to do that, that's fine. But this belt doesn't look any different. When, I, when it, he first revealed it, my first thought was, okay, it's got a brown strap instead of a black strap. Because you're trying to put a Burberry pattern, which is a really light color, onto a piece of leather that is a dark material. Yep. It does not work. Like, the camera had to get right up on it. Yeah. And then you could kind of see the red line, and you could kind of see the black bar. But for the most part, you couldn't really tell. Yeah. That should have been done. That could have been done way better and could have been made way more unique. All the plates are exactly the same. The face plate, the side plates, all of it, they're exactly the same as the standard AEW belt. The only thing different is is the the strap. If you're wanting to make him an, an official, hey, this is the MJF belt. They could have done a lot better. This just kind of didn't. It doesn't. And they're trying to tag their whole brand onto MJF. And my question, the whole purpose of where I've been going with this, Mm -hmm. can MJF actually work successfully as a face for any length of time? He could. And I'm not saying, could the character, could Maxwell Friedman be a face? Yeah. Can he pull off being a face, or is his whole career going to be, I have to be a heel to be over? Nah, he could be a face. Look at at the lead up here to Full Gear. He was working as a face. He was that. That, uh, that he was joking with the crowd and taking the piss from himself, right? Like, mm-hmm. he was still using his I'm better than you and you know it gimmick, but he was really leaning into it. He was leaning into it with the, you guys know you want to chant it. You know, he was leaning that way. And it was working. And he could have done that as a face, gotten the belt, and been that face for a champion. Instead, they're doing this, and I'm just not a fan. I don't see where it goes anywhere. There is one thing that I did kind of, I kind of appreciated the call out. At least they kind of understood where people are coming from. The fact that he called out, you know, I hear the internet wrestling community talking about how MJF is a coward. Yeah. MJF makes people fight and jump through hoops to get to him. Yeah. You know, the fact that he called that out, like we were sitting here watching that, and we we're like, does Tony listen to us? Because we talk about yeah. that pretty often. Um, To me, them, I hope that they're acknowledging it that way to say, hey, guys, we hear you. We're going to take this in a different route. They have to. And if they do, good on them. But if they if they acknowledged it and then they're just going to do the same thing, nah. I, I'm, nah. Well, and, and here's the thing. MJF came out and said, I will defend this title when I want to against who I want to. Mm-hmm. And he says, you're only going to see the title defended on pay-per-views. Yeah. Where you have to pay for it. And- They've already announced. Yeah, he like, has a match at Winter not, is Coming. Not this week, but I think next week, <laughs> Winter is Coming, which is a special Wednesday Dynamite. Yeah. It's him versus uh, Ricky Starks yeah. for the title. So, and, and they announced that beforehand. So if you're going to have him come out and you're going to have him make that statement, you need to have Tony come out or 
what they really need is an on-screen yeah. authority figure. And I don't mean a heel authority figure. I mean just an on-screen authority figure of this is the voice of God. Yeah. You know, he comes in, he makes the proclamations, and he disappears. He doesn't, or she, I, Yeah. they don't have to be involved in the storyline beyond, who, who do you think you are? Right. You, you work for us, you defend the title when we tell you against who we tell you. And yeah. oh, by the way, two weeks you got Ricky Starks. Yeah. Failure to show will result in a million dollar fine and you being stripped of the title and permanently banned from competing for one. Yeah, well, I don't I don't I wouldn't go that that final step I, there. I'm just I'm so point. tired of the the heel title holder says, I'm gonna defend the title. No. Right. It's you a, work it's for an, a company. It's an overused trope. Um the other part of that, though, is, you know, like, I can remember back in the 80s, the, WW, the WWF championship really was only defended at the Big Four. It was only yeah. defended at those pay-per-views, right? And you had, but Hogan was on superstars from time to time. He didn't wrestle, but he had a promo, or, you know, he would show up and, and, and be in a, maybe being a tag match or something like yeah. that, right? But he wrestled at the pay-per-views for the title. And that's all well and good in the 80s. Mm-hmm. When WWF had one hour of television on Saturday. Now, with all of the hours of TV that are taken up by wrestling, you, you can't have that anymore. It just, you have to have the champion be present. Like WWE, you know, to talk about that, right? Look at when Brock had the belt. Everybody shit all over that. Because Brock wasn't defending the belt, except on pay-per-views, and not even every pay-per-view, and it just kept the belt tied up. It's the same way with Roman. People yeah. are People are shitting on Roman because you have both of the top titles... Tied up, mm-hmm. and they're not elevating the Intercontinental or the U.S. title because that's the difference. In the '80s, the Intercontinental title meant something. Yeah, AEW could pull this off, right? They could have MJF only defending on their pay-per-views. It's possible, but they would have to really, really put work in on the TNT title and make it the superstar title. Elevate the All-Atlantic title to the TNT spot, which they're doing a pretty good job of with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, And then you can pull that world championship back. You can make it that you will see this belt defended in special occasions because every other week on Dynamite, the TNT champ, who I love Samoa Joe to death, doesn't scream a main title contender in the in AEW is being defended. Mm-hmm. You know, you you put that belt on, put that belt on Kenny. Yeah, you know, Kenny's waiting for his shot. Put it on Moxley. You know, put one of your ace. Put it on Danielson. You know, put the TNT title on one of your aces. Mm-hmm. If you want to pull the the MJF only defends at the pay-per-views, yada, yada, yada card. And then whoever has the TNT title is challenging MJF at Revolution, at All In, at All Out, at, you know. But but they they have the the wins and losses, and the number one contendership is a win and loss record. Except that they, they, quietly, that they quietly faded that out because it was... Dumb. Yep. It was dumb. Uh, it had potential, but... Anything else from the... Full gear? Full gear. Not really. Uh, Survivor Series? Um, We had some really good matches. I don't think there's anything really sh- earth-shattering that came out of that. I thought Survivor Series was really good. The Ronda Mount Rousey uh, Shotzi match was absolute trash, and that is 100% on Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, to quote uh, Freddie Prince Jr., she is regressing. Mm-hmm. 
She doesn't look like she even wants to be there anymore, and she doesn't understand wrestling. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The storyline that they're telling on SmackDown over the last couple weeks with her and Shayna just attacking everybody and injuring them needs to lead to an authority figure coming out and saying, all right, you guys have been warned. You've been told. Ronda, you're the champion. Shayna, you're the contender. Whoever wins the match gets the belt and gets to keep their job. No, you don't even do it that way. What you do is you start it off with a, this is how you turn Shayna face. Yeah. This is how you create to that, but you don't just have the authority figure come out there and put it. What you do is you have an authority figure kind of play off the whole curtain call incident where Sean couldn't be punished because he was the champ. The outsiders were gone. Mm. The only person that could be punished was Triple H, right? Yeah. So Rhonda does this stuff. Shayna does it for Rhonda. Shayna gets punished into the ground. You're fine. And and you, you make it obvious, right? They look at Rhonda and go, you're the champ. There's not a whole lot we can do to you. But you... Shayna, you're suspended for a month without pay and fined $20,000. Yeah. And the first time, Rhonda's just like, I'll take care of it. I don't mind. But then the next time it happens, okay, you're suspended for another month and you're fined $50,000. You know, and you escalate it. And after you escalate it twice... Shayna's still on TV. She just can't wrestle. After the, about the second time, Rhonda's like, yeah, I'm not paying for that one. Sorry. And now Shayna's betrayed. And now you create that match between those two. Yeah. Um, but, but Rhonda's trash and needs to go anyway. Um, we did see, uh, Sammy kind of become Sammy Uso. Yeah, that was, uh, that was re that was an amazing match. In fact, both the War Games matches were really, really good. Um, and then the whole the ending of the men's one where KO hits a stunner on Reigns. One, two, and Sammy doesn't break up the pin because he can't get there. Instead, he hooks his arm around the ref's arm so the ref can't hit the mat for three. Mm-hmm. Then he low blows KO and lets Jay Uso do the splash and pin. I thought it was really good. Yeah. As was the follow-up with Kevin saying, you know, you talk about family, they're your family now. I don't ever want to see you again. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to ride with you. I don't want to know who you are. I don't ever want to be in the same room with you. I don't want to be in the same room as you. You know, that was so great on Kevin's part because he was just, it was so real. He, he gave Sammy his due. He's like, yeah, they're finally seeing what I saw 20 years ago. And, and the fact that he acknowledged, I've done that to you so many times. I get it. Same thing. I get it. I'm not mad at you, you know, but we're done, but we're done. I, yeah, that was, that was great. The only thing I I kind of wish that he had thrown in there and, and maybe this is too much. But I do kind of wish that uh, Kevin had said, hey, I need you to call Owen and tell him goodbye. You know, just yeah. do something like that. And, and <laughs> just mm-hmm. some little parting shot like that to get under Sammy's skin. Right. But like that might have been too much. Yeah. But they continued the bill because now you've got Jay being like, well, you got a problem with Sammy Uso. You got a problem with Jay Jay Uso, right. You know, and... <clears throat> so they continued that build, which I would like to see this lead to Sammy turning on the bloodline. I have a feeling that that's not how it's going to work. My guess is, and fantasy booking land, right? Cody gets better in time to come back for a rumble. Cody wins rumble. Mm-hmm. Cody comes out and he says, Obviously, he has to challenge Roman for the belt, right? Who am I going to fight? Am I going to fight Roman or Roman? (laughs) But I want Cody to come out and say something along the lines of, that universal title means nothing to me. When I was here before, you know, I came back, it didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. I came back to get the WWE title. I came back to get the title my dad never won. Yeah. 
So, Roman, I'm challenging you for that belt at the main event of night two at Mania, right? And Roman's just like, okay, whatever. Then you mean between, I only have to work half as hard to defend half my belts? Right. And I get to keep this one? Cool. But between Rumble and Mania, you build the rock thing. Because they're going to do that. We may not want it, but they're going to do it. Yeah. And you build the rock thing. And the rock calls out Roman. It says, this isn't how the family handles business. So the rock challenges Roman at night one for the universal title. And wins. And then night two, Cody beats Roman for the WWE title. And you play it off as Roman just being in complete shock right. after losing. And Roman lost to The Rock. You can you can keep Roman strong here, yeah. right? Because he just had to fight the most electrifying champion in sports <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. And he lost a belt. But now here's where you can really tell a fun story, I think. Mm-hmm. Rock comes down on on SmackDown, not on Raw. He comes down on SmackDown after Mania. And everybody kind of expects him to give up the belt or something like that. But he doesn't. He holds on to the belt. And he tells Roman, I'm the head of the table now. I think he drops that he's the head of the table beforehand. Fair enough. But he he basically calls Roman out. He's the head of the table now. And he just kind of nods and Jimmy and Jay and Solo beat the trash out of Roman and Sammy. Sammy beats the trash out of Roman because they're all with the rock now. Mm-hmm. As soon as Roman's beat to death, the rock looks at Sammy and goes, you ain't family. And Jimmy and Jay and Solo beat the trash out of Sammy. and Throw him out. Now you've got Kevin Owens in the back who comes up to Sammy. He's like, I told you. I told you. I you, warned you. You've wasted your shot, though, and KO has nothing to do with it. Right? But now you tell the story of The Rock taking the universal title to Hollywood. <laughs> and The Rock goes on late night shows, and he talks about how he is the WWE universal champion, and he brings it to red carpet events, and he does all this. And Roman is now on the other side. I want my shot at Backlash. And The Rock's like, okay, okay. If I can work it into my schedule, okay. Backlash comes. Roman comes out to the ring. They set up the the match. Roman comes down to the ring. The Rock's music hits, but Tron pops up, and it's The Rock. And he says, people of Chicago. They're not in Chicago. (laughs) Where are we? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not going there. Um, Hey, look, guys, sorry. I got really tied up, you know, Hollywood star and all. Um, I couldn't make it. Yeah. So, but I don't want to disappoint the fans. So, Roman, you're, you're going to have a match. And Solo comes out. Feels kind of samey to the MJF idea. But, oh, no, I was totally about to just pitch that whole MJF story but, for... <laughs> Solo comes out. Roman, of course, BT. The next pay-per-view, because we're building to SummerSlam here. Next pay-per-view. Same kind of thing happens. But Roman comes out. Rock's music hits, and the the Tron lights up. And the Rock's on, like, a private beach in Milan or something. He's like, that was today? You know how all this time goes when you're flying all over the world, being the number one paid Hollywood (laughs) movie star and all. You know, and he just really hams into that. But, you know, know, guys, let me make a phone call. And he pulls out his cell phone. Of course, it's already set up. And Jimmy comes out. And Roman beats Jimmy. Next pay-per-view, same thing happens. Main event, Jay Uso. Jay Uso versus Roman. Roman wins, obviously, because we're telling Roman's redemption story here. Yeah. Finally, SummerSlam shows up. And when it's SummerSlam... Roman cuts his promos about who you going to send this time. I've gone through all the other ones, you know, the whole thing. Rock says, don't you worry about it. We'll have something. I'll be there. And then when SummerSlam shows up, the rock actually shows up and loses. So we've only got to have the rock wrestle twice. Mm. He wrestles at mania. He makes an appearance at SmackDown. He wrestles at SummerSlam. That's it. Everything else is on the trot because you tell that I'm a, 
I'm a high-priced Hollywood actor. I'm not going to just show up in, where are we? You know, no, I'm not going to Buffalo. No, I'm not going to Des Moines, you know. So The Rock becomes The Miz. The Rock becomes a better version of The Miz <laughs> because he's got the actual chops to back it up. He's an actual A-lister? He's an actual <laughs> A-lister. Something like that would be really cool, I think. And you could that could get you... Now Roman wins. He gets the belt. Roman is fully a face. And now you have that face Roman that WWE wanted for so long to be the champ, to be accepted. <laughs> now you've created that. And then afterwards, it's the rot. You know, people, oh, you know, he'll lose money. He'll do this, he'll do this. No, he won't. It's the rock. It's the rock. The rock can work heel. The rock can work face. He is above all of that. Look at Stone Cold. Right? Yeah. Stone Cold stuns everybody in existence, but everybody still loves him. It's the same way with The Rock. Yeah, it's the same way. The Rock's always going to be a face, but he's always going to be that smug face. Mm -hmm. And it would be fine with the story of Roman, because like you said, it is Roman's redemption story, and everybody would understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did have a couple of uh, returns over the last few weeks. We have. I don't remember if we've talked about it or not, but Mia Yim has come back. Yep. She came back and joined the OC. Yep. She's part of the OC. Uh, she's Mishan Mia Yim now. Well, they were going to call her Michin, and then they they put that up on the on WWE's roster page, and then they like changed it a few hours later to Mia Yim. Yep. So apparently it's just going to be kind of a nickname thing. Yeah. it's And Mi, Michin in Korean apparently means crazy. Yeah. So she's the crazy Mia Yim. It's cool. It works. Uh, Becky Lynch mm-hmm. makes, made her return and got the win in the women's uh, kinda, war games. I, I kind of hate how they had her return, though. Like, they announced her on SmackDown before war games, yeah. which to me feels like it took all the wind out of the sails of Becky Lynch coming back. You know, that should have been a on SmackDown, you know, damage control is talking about him. You're not going to find a fifth person, you know, the whole thing. War game starts. Becky doesn't even come Becky out. Becky doesn't come out. They don't play Becky's music. She's not in the, the cage, cage because you're telling that story that they couldn't find somebody until that last women's spot, and then Becky's music hits, oh. and she comes running down yeah. um, as the final women's entrant into the cage, you know, and she is able to come in. She's able to wreck house. You know, everybody's laid out. You know, you've got nine other people laying on the mats at this point, and she gets to soak in that Becky Lynch's back yeah. before she gets clubbed in the back by Bailey, and then, you know, match continues, right? Yeah. It could have been a much better pop. It could have been a much better thing uh, as opposed to, yeah, Becky's going to join us on SmackDown, you know? And that, I think that that decision falls back into ratings. Yeah. Whether, you know, and I know that the PLE premium live events don't have your traditional ratings, but they still want to drive viewership. Surprise entrant, the return of the man, Becky Lynch. Right. You know, like, from a business standpoint, I get it. From a story standpoint, you're absolutely correct. That's how she should have come out. Uh, We also got to see last night, because I guess we're, we're, you know, we're not going to run through the shows for this week at this point, but uh, we we saw the return of Tegan. Tegan Knox made her return. And she's now set up with Liv and uh, I guess Emma is part of that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course they're going against Rhonda and Shayna. Yeah. And Shayna's whole thing, it took three people, three people. Uh, it looks like we're setting Emma up to be a little more than I, she was. I really hope they do because... When Emma left WWE and went to being Tennille Dashwood, her her indie name and everything, she is a wrestler. WWE just wanted her to be a a pretty face. And then they stuck her with that horrible Emmalina thing that went absolutely nowhere and really just killed her. Don't, Don't forget that the start of the women's revolution 
in NXT that then carried into yeah, she she was part of it. It was Paige and Emma. Yep. It was Paige and Emma. Yeah, she had that dumb, you know, gimmick yeah. where she was doing the thing with her hands. Which, you know, we're an audio podcast and yeah. nobody could see me do that except the people like, here right, in the room. It's like but, uh, the joke board, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a hot take for one of our, our, our brother podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> but she was there and she was good in the ring. And then Vince saw nothing but attractive blonde. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to, we need to bring back the divas. Right. So. Just bad. But she's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So let her wrestle. Build somebody who is not Asuka or one of the four horsewomen to be your stars. Yeah. Whether that's Emma, whether that's Liv, which I think Liv suffered from bad booking as a champion. Real bad booking as champion. But you've got Shotzi, who's got an amazing look. You've got all of these women. And I'm not, you know. You've got a lot. You've also got the ones like Alexa, who has been out of the title picture for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. I'm okay with Alexa not Alexis, getting another the thing is, Alexa's made the comment. Like, somebody asked her, you know, it's been a long time since you've had a title. And she's like, yeah, you know, I don't feel like I need one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather see newer people elevated. Because she was kind of taking a shot at Rhonda as well. With yeah. You know, she's like, I, I don't need it. You know, Ronda has not ingratiated herself to the women's locker room. Not, not at all. So, um, let's see, what else do we have? We, we had the continuing story of the OC versus, uh, judgment day. That that's the story that won't end. Um, Ray and, or I'm sorry, Rhea and Dominic did a crash Thanksgiving at the Mysterios. I don't um, need that in my life. Like I'm yeah. sitting there watching that and I'm like, it's part of a storyline, but I it, cannot cross that suspension of disbelief. It was a strictly worse stolen cold Brian Pillman thing from ages ago or a Randy Orton edge thing from ages ago. You know or, what would have made it, you know what would have made it work for me? And and this is going to sound bad, but what would have made it work for me is if come raw Come SmackDown following the attack. WWE made a statement of, unfortunately, Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley cannot be here as they are currently in jail under yeah, charges. See, or like, they can't travel outside of California due to the charges that they're currently that being would investigated be okay and for. All, but again, you're, you're, there's, there is a such thing as injecting too much reality into wrestling. But uh, there's too much. Personally, un- I think that should have been handled differently. I feel like it should have been handled with Ray coming out on top and having uh, his wife uh, basically beat the brakes off of Dominic and Rhea with a chunkla, <laughs> you know, because, you know, just come at them with a flip flop and they go screaming out the front door. But, the, you know, <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> my, my whole thing, though, is I could not cross that suspension of disbelief because here you have Dominic and Rhea. Breaking and entering, like they were shutting the door and they forced the door open and attacking and essentially putting Ray in the hospital is what's kind of implied. Yeah, the story and there's just trash. nothing there. It's serving its purpose of getting Dominic heat because you, all you have to do is listen to the crowd. When Dominic gets tagged in, he gets booed, which is what they want. But I cannot cross that suspension of disbelief. When it happens at a show, I can be like, well, yeah, they're, they're performers on the show. It works. When it happens at someone's house, it doesn't work for me. And that goes for the Brian Pillman Stone Cold. That goes for the times well, yeah, that it, it's Randy all, has gone after. It just all know. just doesn't work. Um, and at some point you would think maybe they would realize that. But, hey, it is what it is, right? It's wrestling. Um, trying to think about what else we got going on. Oh, something we didn't talk about when we were discussing AEW. We have a best of seven. A best of seven series? Yeah. So 
we didn't mention this at all, but at Full Gear, we had the the return. Carry on my wayward son. We'll get we'll get strikes. <laughs> um, we had a a return mm-hmm. of Kenny and the Bucks to so return of the elite. Yeah. Uh, to carry on my wayward son. Yes, that was their intro song, and they were gonna fight for the trios titles with Death Triangle, and they lose. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't expecting that, but they lost. Death Triangle wins due to Ray Phoenix cheating, joining, reluctantly cheating, but and, cheating and joining the the path of the way of the hammer. The way of the hammer. <laughs> then, the following Wednesday, it was announced that. There will be a best of seven between these two teams for the trio's titles. And all of us kind of went, wow, by that seventh match, we're going to hate all six of these people. Yep. Well, they had their second match. And Death Triangle won again by the way of the hammer Mm -hmm. because Matt took the hammer that had been thrown into the ring and he was going to use it on Ray, I believe, or Pac. One of them. And Penta appears behind him and pulls a hammer out of his pants. Not that one. And then <laughs> hits Matt in the back of the head with the hammer, and, and you get the win. So then we decided, okay, if they're going to do best of seven, they, that was match two and had two hammers. So they're just going to escalate. <laughs> By the seventh match, there's going to be seven hammers. Or it's going to be a sledgehammer on a pole match <laughs> or something. Yeah. Then last, this week we had our third match and the elite wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of expected it to go death triangle winning. So you were going to have a three to nothing. And they were going to tell the story of the elite having to, they got to be perfect. They got to win out uh, to, yeah. to win these belts. But. I mean, I think we're going to get 3-3, three, three, and it's going to come down to the oh, seven. Oh, we're sure going to get 3-3 three, three and go to the seventh match. That that part, I, I have no doubt at all. I just expected them to tell the story yeah. of the Elite having to come back from a 3-0 deficit, you know, the edge of elimination. And I mean, they're still telling the story of Phoenix not wanting... Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to use the hammer, but he's eventually going to succumb to the hammer, uh, as everybody eventually does. But yeah, um, Austin Theory won US the yeah. U.S. Championship. Going back to WWE, uh, which while I hate the dude, because um, realistically he is a piece of shit, um, the new character path that they're taking with him, I'm kind of if he was a better person, I would be invested in this character. Yeah, because it is really that whole. You know, I'm tired of being called the youngest ever. The, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not me. I am just going to be me, right? Yeah. He got rid of the stupid selfie gimmick. Um, I like the turn in the character. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Uh, We did get to see uh, Dexter Loomis defeat The Miz in a Anything Goes match where Dexter Loomis got the money he was owed mm-hmm. and, and a contract. And then he proceeded to give the money out. And it looked like actual $100 bills, because yeah. I looked closely when they got close. They looked real. Whether mm-hmm. they are or not, I don't know. But he was giving the money out to kids in the audience, which was kind of cool. I kind of hope it was real money. <laughs> that would have been a good souvenir. But it it's would have turned prob- into another souvenir. <laughs> it's it's probably uh, cin- cinema money. Yeah. Which, you know, is fine. It's cool. But yeah. On camera, they looked real. Yep. So. What else we got to talk about? There's really not a lot else. I mean, yeah, we've taken several weeks off, but... <sighs> We're not in the thick of like mania season or anything like that. We're at the end of the year. Things are kind of winding down and getting prepared for the rumble. So you're not going to have major, major, major developments. Yeah. Um, 
just a couple quick notes. Ricochet's getting another shot mm-hmm. at Gunther for the title. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's kind of how I feel about it. They, they put on a really good match, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ricochet versus uh, Escobar. Oh, something that did come out while while we were off, I do believe. Uh, Randy Orton had to have fusion surgery mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of vertebrae. And there is talks that he may never wrestle again. That this may be it for Randy Orton. Or if not, it'll be a while before he can come back. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a while, I think. Um, we, we did talk a little bit about uh, how uh, William Regal's probably done with AEW. Take this for what it is worth. And it's worth absolutely nothing. But according to EC3, why I said it's worth nothing, yeah. apparently Regal was unhappy from the beginning. Like, as soon as he signed the contract and showed up, he's like, oh, I am I made a, a terrible mistake. Um, so, but my biggest question there is, one, how would EC3 know? Yeah. <laughs> and two... You you ran a wrestling promotion that is with other people that as soon as they could, <laughs> they fled from you. You know, mm-hmm. Braun Strowman and Karrion Cross were major major players in hashtag control your narrative, and all it took was Triple H going, "Hey, y'all want to come back?" Were, Absolutely, we can be on the next flight. Yep. You know, yeah. Um, I'm not putting a whole lot of weight to that. I could see it being a case though, where Regal's like, you know, I'm really not happy here. There's the corporate environment here just doesn't fit. I can William see Regal. Regal. I could see Regal being not happy there because of one thing. His son is in NXT. Yeah. That would be the one thing that I could see him being unhappy about. Regal seems like way too much of a professional. Mm. He signed the contract. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that he put right. that that he's done anything to make AEW seem bad, but I can also see him being like, I signed this contract and I kind of wish I didn't. Yeah, maybe. But um, I think we mentioned this a while back. I could be wrong. Kane Velasquez of USC fame and some WWE matches of murder fame uh, and an attempted murder fame was released on bond. Yep. Um, so Brock, he's coming for you. <laughs> um, he made an appearance at a wrestling event, uh, an indie event mm-hmm. where he basically thanked the fans for the, his, their support. Yeah. Um, we don't want to dive into the, uh, if what he did was appropriate or not. Uh, We've touched on it in the, in the past. <laughs> yeah. So, realistically, though, I think that's kind of it uh, as far as what to talk about. Um, yeah. So, I feel like now would be a good time to go ahead and say thanks to McNard Gaming mm-hmm. for allowing us to use this space. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Uh, do, you, do you like board games? Do you like miniatures games? Do you like puzzles and shit? And you should totally go to McNarb Gaming and get one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, NarbyCon stuff going on. NarbyCon is, is coming next up weekend. next weekend. Uh, so if you were in the Greater Gauthier area, <laughs> Greater Gauthier area, yeah, you like that, didn't you? <laughs> um, next weekend, NarbyCon is going to happen. It's a, a game convention thing that Greg's putting on. Uh, I think it's going to be at the Community Center and mm-hmm. at McNarb, both places. They're going to be doing D&D. They're going to be doing miniatures games, magic tournaments, all that kind of fun stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, come down, join. It's like 10 bucks, I think, for the weekend to get in. Uh, 20 bucks. 20 bucks for the weekend. Because uh, because uh, they had to get the community center, they had to raise the price yeah. this year. They're also doing, uh, like, I think they've got a Pictures with Santa thing going on. Uh, the SCA is actually going to be here. Yeah. The, what is that? The Southern forget exactly what that stands for, but it's the dudes who actually live-action role-play uh, mm-hmm. stuff, but instead of just playing paper, rock, scissors, they actually put on armor and hit each other with swords, like legit ones. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if you're in the area, swing by. 
And while you're here and you're having fun, swing into Big Dog Liquor. They have everything you could think of that you might want as far as liquor goes. And if they don't have it, he can probably get it for you. They run specials, uh, senior discounts. They run military discounts. And on Wednesdays, you can stack them. So you can get all of that for next to nothing if you are a senior military veteran. So, so you've gone to NarbyCon, you've got your liquor, mm-hmm. you've listened to us. Why don't you go ahead and listen to our buddies at Travelers on the Omnibus? They are a field trip through nerd and pop culture, I believe is what they say. That is what they say, and I think we do a better job of it than some of their Sometimes hosts they when they're... <laughs> um, their most recent episode that has been published, I think, was on animated or comic books that are not superhero comics. Yep. Uh, where they talk about, you know, different things like horror comics. They talk about mouse. Uh, they talk about several things like that. Uh, and then the one coming up next week, I think will be a very fun one. So go ahead and listen to that. Yeah. One we don't want to spoil that one. Spoil it. Uh, as you, when you finish listening to them, listen to Fearology by one of the travelers, Jody kite. He has his own podcast where he talks about his relationship with the horror genre and occasionally releases uh, musical concept albums. Yeah, like the last, I think the last one is a, is an album that he released. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, and then finally, Silence Your Cell Phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett and Kevin talk about uh, current movies, current uh, TV shows, that kind of stuff on Netflix. Yep. You can catch them on YouTube on their live show. Uh, I think it's on Wednesdays. Maybe it's on Thursdays. It's one of those anyway. Yep. Uh, so you can actually watch their their ugly faces if you want to, or you can just listen to them, your choice, uh, and go from there. And with all that said, I think that's the end of it. I think we're done for today. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We should be. And cheers. cheers.